Hi, my name is Laura. I'm co-founder of the hospitality, networking and inspiration platform Elevator and I'm the visiting host of today's ITB Travel Hero podcast. I'm happy to welcome you back to another episode of our topic series of Travel Hero podcast dealing with the hot topic of skills and labor shortage in the tourism and hospitality industry. In this series, as you already know, um, we examine the issue of, of skill shortage from different perspectives. Um, so we first asked two representatives of the upcoming generation of professionals what actually makes working in the, in the industry attractive to them or by implication what would make them leave the industry. In the second talk, uh, Professor Stefan Rehmhoff shed light on the topic of labor shortage by means of empirical findings. And he showed us how motivation and satisfaction at work interrelate based on the findings of an interesting research project he undertook. Well, and my guests today represent the viewpoint from the practice, in particular from an employer's perspective. And I'm very happy to welcome two very experienced and inspiring HR leaders from the hospitality industry. Sabrina Westfalinger, Senior Director Talent and Culture for the Dach region, so Germany, Austria and Switzerland, at Accor, and Katrin Golubitz, Vice President of People and Culture at 25 Hours Hotels. A warm welcome, Katrin and Sabrina. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> well, before we dive into today's topic, The question how you as employers make people stay not only in the industry, but within your companies. I would love to learn, Katrin and Sabrina, uh, well, for a bit more than a year, 25 hours is part of Ennismore, um, one of the fastest growing lifestyle hospitality operators. And with Ennismore's joint venture with Accor, and now it gets interesting, um, which brings together Ennismore's know-how in creative storytelling, design, authentic experiences, whilst leveraging Accor's wealth of knowledge in delivering scale, network growth and distribution, kind of a new era began. How does this joint venture affect your human resources work? Who would like to start? <laughs> That's a very good question. I can start, Sabrina, if that's fine for you. Well, I so think yeah, fine. Hey, this is Catherine now uh, talking exactly. that's with the um, charming Austrian you. accent, maybe to yeah. introduce our uh, listeners to your voices. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's my charming Austrian accent with a bit of uh, bronchitis in the back. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I was not uh, healthy the last couple of days. So please excuse my voice. I, but I think it should be fine for this uh, conversation. Yeah, I think uh, this synergy, first of all and uh, foremost, uh, made it possible that I already knew Sabrina before joining this call. Uh, and I think with uh, the new uh, synergies of Accor and Ennismore, our HR work and specifically our HR team has grown. Uh, we can uh, create further synergies synergies and open possibilities amongst uh, each other, but also for our teams. And this is only from a starting perspective, because even though you said it's already one year, it doesn't seem like one year. It seems like this year has uh, passed so quickly and uh, not everything we wanted was established so far. <laughs> I do understand and I completely feel you. Uh, Sabrina, what about your um, so far experiences with the, with the joint venture and your doings at HR on a daily basis, maybe? Yeah, 
Um, I totally agree what what uh, Catherine is saying. Um, it feels like that we have like an extended arm into like the lifestyle sector with Ennismore. And when you're talking about human resources, people management, talent and culture, or however you're going to call it, it's about the people. And there's many ways to attract talent those days. Um, and for sure, Ennismore with their interesting brands bring like a lot of interesting possibilities for talents. So, and these guys doing things a little bit different sometimes, maybe not like you do human resources in the corporate uh, world where we are sometimes stuck in our processes and um, being very stiff. So um, I really enjoy the exchange and the best practice sharing with, with, with Catherine and, and with Ennismore um, where we can um, view things on a different angle. Yeah, that that's fun. Yeah, wow, that sounds great and like a, a real enrichment uh, for both sides. Um, before we go on and maybe in order to get a, a feeling for your companies, because maybe uh, not everyone is so familiar with both brands, how many hotels approximately does the Accor Corporation count at the moment, Sabrina? Can you quote a number? <laughs> Yeah, it changes sometimes every day, uh, but we we have a number of over 5,300 hotels worldwide, um, and, and obviously Accor is growing. Um, so there's like maybe not every day, but it feels like every day there's another hotel um, opening up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, and Catherine, how many 25 hours hotels do travelers currently find across Europe? Yeah, slightly less, 15, <laughs> seven countries. Uh, however, uh, we've only recently expanded uh, out of Europe to Dubai with our opening in Dubai. And the next, next opening is bringing us even further away from our home base, Hamburg, uh, to Sydney, opening end of 2023. So there is uh, quite a few hotels in the pipeline and uh, quite exciting projects ahead of us. Right. Thank you. Um, and now let's dive into our today's uh, topic. In our talk with Stefan Rehmhoff, as I just mentioned in the beginning, we shed light on the results of an interesting study the International University, IU, um, conducted on long-term motivation and satisfaction at work, which eventually and hopefully results in employee retention. So interesting and meaningful tasks trust by supervisors and managers, room for independent work, development opportunities, recognition and appreciation. Those aspects were found to be key um, to long-term motivation, satisfaction and retention of employees. So from your experience, Katrin, maybe let's start with you. Can you validate that these aspects are crucial for 25-hour people, um, as you call them, in terms of their motivation? Can you validate those findings? Yes, definitely. I think uh, all of these uh, reasons why you stay motivated mentioned uh, by this study are absolutely accurate for 25 hours. I, I don't know if I just missed it or maybe I would add one thing and this is team spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. it, we don't have proof nor have we done surveys on it uh, but it feels like uh, a, a team and an individual stays more motivated Uh, in a good surrounding, uh, created by colleagues and peers uh, they like working with. 
so I'd say this is something uh, where we can see that the motivation grows or stays more stable as well if the team is quite stable. Right. And I think this is, uh, has something to do with culture as well. And this is something we learned from the two representatives of the upcoming leaders' generation. Um, for them, it was really, really important to act in a, in a um, well, meaningful cultural environment, so to speak. And uh, Sabrina, from your experience, are there uh, any further aspects, like Katrin could add, um, that you could quote for leading to long-term motivation at work? Is there any anything else apart from those? Or could you validate the findings from the study? Well, I I couldn't agree more. Um, so I totally think this is what, what we are dealing with and how you can retain uh, talent those days. One thing I would like to add is um, what we do at our course also, we believe really in like letting everybody speak freely. Um, it comes to our general, um, I would say, vision, be limitless, not only for our guests, but also for our talents, that you be all you are, you have like a, a say. And when it comes to workplaces those days, I think people like to have kind of a security. Um, and I'm not talking about like a job security. You can go to every talent market those days and um, there's a lot of offerings in, in the hospitality um, but I mean like that people can really share openly their voice, their opinion and um, not getting um, punished for, for what they are thinking on and being contributing to, to a company's uh, success. And, and this is, comes actually back what, what Catherine is also saying, like team spirit, it, you know, it can only be all together and it's not like a, like a one man or one woman show. Wow. And how exactly do you ensure that everyone takes the opportunity to speak openly and um, to articulate what, uh, well, um, yeah, is important to him or her? How do you put that into practice? Well, it starts with the company culture with like some great values, which have been there for a very long time within our core. Um, we recently um, launched an employee value proposition, uh, which is our promise to our talents, to all of our talents within the company, not only corporate. It uh, basically um, starts with, with our people in the hotels. Um, and this um, mm -hmm. promise to our employees, um, which we are giving in return that they are offering their, their work to us, um, starts with like, um, it's built out of four pillars. Uh, one pillar is like, be all you are. So we want to open um, that everybody can come as they are. Uh, I think Catherine also, how, how you guys call it? I mean, huh? it's similar, huh? Okay. Um, so it's, it's nothing really, you know, Uh, what Aqua is offering there is not like, I mean, Ennis Moore have been, or 25 hours have been already doing this for a long time. Um, so this is the first one. Um, then we want to make sure that um, the second pillar work with purpose is, is giving the possibility that talents find like, uh, yeah, their responsibilities and also why they are doing things. So this is returning to a generation <laughs> who asks for a lot and they want to have like meaningful tasks uh, and know why they are doing their jobs. But not only that, it's also um, giving back to, to society and, and the whole part of sustainability is in there. Um, the third part is grow, learn and enjoy, which covers a little bit like, do you have special benefits working for us? Do you um, have um, development possibilities? 
And the last one is what I said, um, uh, limitless opportunities, uh, limitless opportunities in conversations, um, in also development, in transfers. Um, do you maybe uh, want to work at one point in one of the Accor hotels and then you, you're transferring to an Ennismore hotel? So the synergies are, are just getting better by the day. Well, that sounds like a very sound um, basis for uh, human resources work. Very interesting. And uh, maybe to dig a bit uh, deeper into the, the topic of, um, well, um, interesting and meaningful tasks, Sabrina. Um, so how uh, can you make sure that uh, tasks remain um, interesting and meaningful, especially, I mean, in an operational context, for example, where they just are repeating uh, or repeat works, it's probably not that easy to ensure that in every, every day's doing, right? No, no, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you are just going every day to your job, it's, it's kind of, and for example, we are just taking like a breakfast server kind of similar task you are doing there. You're greeting the guests, you're getting prepared, you have your mise en place, um, you're doing your breakfast service and afterwards you clean up and, and prepare for the next shift. Um, I would say that even if it's like the similar task, people are unpredictable. And while we are greeting guests every day, that job never gets boring. Um, and what I mean was unpredictable, you are dealing with people and people are different and people are changing the way we work, uh, the way we uh, greet each other. Um, and, and there's many challenges every day. So I think like a little bit, it's also a natural thing within our jobs. Um, but of course, what we are trying um, to, to do with our hotels is giving possibilities that even if you're a breakfast server, you can involve yourself in different kind of topics when it comes to like work with purpose. We have a lot of actions on sustainability. It all started with Planet 21 and Planet 21, I mean, we're in 2022, is now going into like this whole sustainability topic further and beyond. We have like a big initiative, which is called um, that we want to eliminate single-use plastic by the end of this year in our hotels and this is how you can involve like people also in that project it might be not for everyone but you will find your talents who are interested in that and this is like one of like various uh, topics what we can offer that your job is not getting boring you can involve yourself in different kind of uh, yeah work groups Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and yeah, the, the topic of grow, learn and enjoy, as uh, it's called it, a core. Katrin, um, at 25 hours, um, how do you offer development opportunities? Um, how do you put that into practice at 25 hours hotels? Yeah, uh, since many, many years already, we have quite a complex uh, people and culture strategy uh, where we believe in uh, also like Accor is doing a very transparent and free communication. Uh, this means that we communicate all development opportunities from trainings to cross trainings to talent days as well as openings transparently to every team member. Uh, we are lucky or in the lucky position uh, to have a communication tool in place, which allows us also now with Ennismore to interact with one, one another without creating, without needing an email or anything. It's a very uh, informal way of communication. And this makes it uh, easy for our team members uh, to raise their, their hand and say, listen, I'd be interested to be part of this new project or 
can I have a communication training because I have the feeling that I'm lacking this competency. Uh, so it's uh, a more of a proactive, uh, employee-driven approach, to be honest. Uh, so everyone can freely say what they would love to do. And on the other side, uh, we not only encourage, but uh, we also control that each and every individual has a minimum of one documented development talk per year. So we can take it from there also for the big picture to see uh, where do we stand as an organization and where do we need to push uh, or recreate or create something totally new uh, to help our team to grow. So, wow, yeah, very sound again. Um, sounds really great. Um, and Sabrina, you mentioned that everyone uh, is uh, well um, able actually to form um, the hotel's success, to participate in, in uh, increasing um, his or her hotel's success. So it's also about the topic of recognition and appreciation because you have to course celebrate um, joint achievements and everything um, how do you ensure that appreciation and uh, recognition um, really take place because I think it's often uh, an issue of time and the lack of time and these are topics um, yeah you easily forget sometimes I would say yeah yeah the whole part of like employee recognition I think we have to just also split this in like different parts one is like the classical uh, benefits i mean you you have to have like a fair salary you have to pay market standard um there is like benefits sometimes maybe a 13 month salary there is like uh, benefits of like i'm talking really fair remuneration um and of course t talking globally about our core this is very diverse um over the globe um talking about like our region here Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, um, I can guarantee that this is like um, absolute um, uh, um, market standard. And then we have the part of like soft benefits, um, which you might not see at a first glance, but there we are talking about like the whole grow and, and learn, like lifelong learning, where we offer various learning possibilities, if it's like digital learning, training programs, leadership programs, women in the workforce, like You can just think about it. Our academy, in-house academy, is creating like really great opportunities. Um, each talent um, in our core has a possibility to get like a performance review each year. Um, and our performance review circle is, is, is really having like a lot of check-in conversations during the year. Of course, it starts with a year wrap-up. Um, and then you are, you know, talking about the goals from the last year, but setting also goals for the new year. And um, frankly speaking, we have, uh, for example, in Germany, in our hotels, even our hotel talents are entitled for like a bonus. Um, and if they're achieving their goals, they are also get like a bonus by the end of the year. Uh, and I think this is a, mm -hmm. really a, a good story as, you know, you can really actively achieve a goal. You are participating in the overall success of your hotel. And then if the hotel really also did well, you get something back. 
Um, it comes a little bit back into like the um, remuneration, but it's also part of like, hey, you performed. It's one of, you know, I can contribute with my competencies and my skills. Um, and it, I took part of the success of the of the hotel. So I think this is uh, really crucial. And then the third part for me is all about recognition. It's about birthday presents, uh, parties by the end of the year, celebrate the talents. Also not like wait until the end of the year, have like really milestones during the year where you also put people in the spotlight when they achieve something great. Is it like a, um, we call it sparkles. So if like somebody did a sparkle for our guest and the guest is also mentioning the person, then there should be like a feedback to, to the employee. So um, that's all about a feedback culture and celebrating um, the successes, even if it's like mini, mini milestones within the team. Um, and of course, the classic uh, long service awards, um, etc. So it's sometimes really not like the the big the big cash. <laughs> it's also about you know that people are seen and and recognized for what they are doing. Yeah, so there is definitely enough room for appreciation and recognition at our core, as I learned. And uh, Katrin, uh, when it comes to um, celebrating and um, having a little party, I mean, you're at 25 hours. I think you're famous for your parties. What was the, the craziest uh, party experience you had so far, maybe, in terms of, well, appreciating your team members? Is there any crazy um, event or something? <laughs> well, I had to laugh when uh, Sabrina was mentioning all these very fair points which are important to create uh, this culture of appreciation. And yes, we I would say we are the party queen of our industry, something like this. <laughs> um, no, I, it's like it's funny. It's like we had from uh, sauna parties uh, to uh, outings uh, to uh, soul days where we actually really get also those who are usually the ones organizing all these parties for for our team members out of their uh, regular environment and saying thank you. And I think this is uh, once in a while also forgotten that the ones on top are the ones who need appreciation and fun and party as well. And uh, we really try to get them all together as well. No, I'm, I really cannot think of anything where you would I could wow you with. Uh, uh, but uh, if you've ever been to one of our customer parties, uh, the ones uh, for the employees are even wilder. <laughs> okay, so, so maybe I, uh, Catherine, uh, Catherine, uh, yeah. Catherine, I I would like to say that it would be nice if you can give these synergies that we collaborate on that to take this back to Accor, uh, uh to to party like at twenty five. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. But we already hear that within the Ennismore brands uh, that we are or we're very good at that. So it might be something the other brands can learn. <laughs> Happy to share this with there. Good idea. Um, I will. I would like to join. Just a little side note. <laughs> little, little <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, now, Sabrina just mentioned uh, the the little world of salary, uh, so to speak, the little one. I mean, we all know it's not the magic bullet in order to counteract a skill shortage. Nevertheless, of course, it's not irrelevant. And Sabrina already let us know that uh, at Accor, in the in the Dach region at least, um, you offer, let's say, uh, average or more than average salaries. Can you quote there any is that normal or standard or is it a bit more maybe than competitors 
Um, I would say it's a standard. It's market standard. I mean, we have also like the collective agreements. For example, Germany mm -hmm. has uh, per um, um, area collective agreement. We also have that in Austria and in, and in Switzerland. And with all of our hotels and our different, um, I would say, business models. I mean, we are basically an asset light a company. Um, so we have different owners. Um, we are in franchise agreements. Um, so therefore, it is kind of important to 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 stay there very true what you are saying. So we are not, um, we are absolutely market standard and we are um, acting there in line with, with, with what is offered in the collective agreements. Um, we are doing this as we have like in that area over 400 hotels. And, you know, if one mm. out of that uh, is like offering something more, you have to do this in all of the hotels. I mean, we also have to be a little bit in line um, with with our promises, what we, we're doing for our owners. So um, to stay in line with the collective agreements and also what, what the law is offering. No, we are not. I mean, there's other players um, who who did that to just like pay more to get uh, talent. But by the end of the day, yes, we all have to pay our bills by the end of the day. And that is important. It has to be fair. Um, but we are not overpaying our people. It's a market standard. But I think what we are already offering in these countries, as I mentioned, a bonus, a 13-month salary, especially in Germany, that is already not market standard. Um, that is a little bit more so that I can share um, for sure. Mm. Definitely. And thank you. And Captain, for you, I would like to postpone the question a little bit because we will learn why, actually. Um, and uh, just uh, one last question on, on those uh, motivation and satisfaction factors we just um, dealt with. Have you observed any differences or major differences in terms of age or generational differences? Um, well, if... From observation, I'd say yes. Uh, I think uh, depending on age and where you are in your life cycle, if I want to call it that way, and it does not necessarily mean age, but depending on if you're still studying, if you're uh, starting a family, if you are buying a house, you do have different priorities in life. And hence, you have different motivational factors uh, which uh, come uh, with these uh, life decisions. And uh, you see that there is quite a difference uh, and you have to evaluate each and every individual to see what this really means. And that's also the reason why we as an employer have to be more creative uh, and less generic in our way on how we treat people because every individual has different means. And you can see that these things are getting more important uh, to the people And uh, they are getting more important also in an employment status. I remember when I started uh, to work in the hospitality industry 25 years ago, 20 years ago, no one was interested how I felt and if I uh, was just doing uh, my driver's license. Now people bring that to work uh, and they want you to contribute to their life cycle. And I think this is changing and it doesn't matter how old you are, it's I think it's a change in the way we work with each other. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. And I think it's uh, the same with customers. I mean, we don't um, do the segmentations uh, according to age or demographic variables. It's more about lifestyles. And as you call it, um, the phase of life cycle you're just in. And it could be that you are a 35-year-old student, a full-time student, but then <laughs> you have different needs than the 22nd-year-old um, front desk employee, for example. So definitely. Mm -hmm. um, Sabrina, uh, what uh, can you add? Uh, I think you probably um, have comparable observations, right? Yeah. No, what Catherine is uh, saying is so true. It's about the individuality. Uh, it's about that people want to treat as an individual and there's different needs, um, how, how Katrin uh, just uh, described. And I think we are also in a time where people like to share more. I mean, we see it from the social media. People are so much more open to share, um, to bring their opinion to the table. And I, I couldn't agree more when, when Catherine is just saying like 20 years ago. I mean, I also started as an apprentice in a hotel and you know, there was a different hierarchy level. There was like really, um, uh, you know, you never spoke to the general manager. And now those days, apprentices are coming to the GM with like problems, which they are solving maybe also in their private life. So it's it's a total different culture of sharing. And, and it also shows, I mean, people having trust in like, authorities or people who are responsible so I think it's it's a very good thing um, and and we have to also thrive the individual needs um, but at the same time also how to find your balance to get things done and <laughs> and, and and living also um, in, in that it's still a business we have to run and not like a place where we come together and sharing all of our feelings um, which I think it's very important um, but you have to find the balance to to also navigate through through business. Yeah, right. Um, so when it comes to, uh, well, listen to the needs of your uh, employees and what really, um, well, they are engaging with um, for almost a year now, Katrin, you're offering a four-day work week. Now, this is uh, why it comes to my uh, postponement of the salary question, because we have some changes here um, being applicable for 25-hour hotels. And yeah, you were definitely a first mover actually within the sector, at least as a hotel chain, I would say. Can you share your experience to date uh, with this concept from an employee motivation and satisfaction perspective, maybe? Yeah, yeah it's true. It's been uh, more than a year from when we started our pilot in Hamburg, actually. And uh, for the rest of all our Dach regions, so all German-speaking properties, it's uh, since nine months that we actually started this, to offer this four-day work week. And we can really see uh, that it pays off in two dimensions. The one is uh, the motivation and the retention of stuff. Uh, back then, when we decided to launch this pilot, it was uh, due to uh, a survey, an internal survey, uh, where uh, our team was requesting to work less, um, to stay motivated. Uh, we doubted that at some stages, and some of our people still doubt this, but uh, we can prove now that it's true. Uh, we could reduce uh, our retention uh, dramatically, not a little, dramatically, to come to where it comes now to a stage that we had in the end of November in Germany only a handful of terminations. 
Um, this is very unusual, uh, to be honest, or for us. I don't know. I cannot speak about Germany in general, but it's very unusual that uh, the di digit of fluctuation has reduced to a single digit. And the same for wow. our positions. When we started, every third or more, <laughs> every second position almost, every third position was available. We had problems after the pandemic to rehire. And now we are at a stage that overall in 25 hours, we are missing 5% of our staff. So we have come to the point of full employment. And this, to be honest, in a nutshell, just proves that we've done something right. Um, we, we cannot 100% see yet uh, a decrease in uh, sick days and general overall motivation. Uh, But on the other hand, we didn't measure or didn't start any measurements on this either. Uh, but if I just evaluate hard facts, I'd say uh, this whole thing was a great idea, even though it took a lot of energy from a lot of people to push it through. Right, because my, right, my next question would have been from an HR perspective, the administrative complexity, etc. that was probably a, a, a burden somehow, wasn't it? That's very nicely phrased. I would say it was hell. Um, <laughs> it was really, I had points in this in this process where I was close to really being the drama queen and uh, saying, okay, that's over. I, I am not doing this. Um, we stop that right here. Um, just because um, something new requires a change in mindset, not only from operational perspective on how you work, but also for from each and every individual, some kind of, uh, even though we have a very trustworthy culture, people still doubted that this is actually true. And they were really afraid that we are cutting on salary, that we are taking away something, because they couldn't believe that we're actually giving this extra day uh, uh, to them. And it was, it was so much communication on all angles, digital, global, personal, uh, calculating things for people. So at some stage, uh, it was like, okay, this is not just for one property, 50 employees. We are doing this for almost 900 employees. This is nuts. Um, and this is, this is exhausting. And it was exhausting, but it paid off. And I'm super happy we pushed that through. And today I can, I can be... I can laugh and be, and I'm a, a little proud as well. <laughs> oh, you can be very proud of yourselves and congratulations on, on this great achievement. And um, probably, Sabrina, this uh, turnover rate or fluctuation rate is like a dream. Um, <laughs> can you um, quote any average turnover rate in your region? Uh, is that something we, we could uh, share here? Um, yeah, first of all, I would like to say thank you, Catherine. This four-day work week really went so viral. And I think I had so many conversations within Accor. Sabrina, can you contact 25? Why we don't have that? Like from really literally from top managers up to like uh, uh, hotel talents uh, who are so interested in this. So um, definitely also something which, which we are looking a little bit closer to how, how that can also be part of, of our uh, offer. When it comes to fluctuation, um, looking back like the last two, two, three years, I think, you know, that were special years. 
where we saw talking about our general managers, we had a very, very, very stable situation, which was great because we had like our leaders who brought us also through this um, pandemic um, who were experienced mm -hmm. enough to do this. So um, I think it was very special years where our entire fluctuation just like is not like really reflecting how it is normally Going back to 2019 and, and before, we already had like an industry where people are changing constantly. Um, and I would say you have to uh, differentiate between like leadership, general managers and hotel staff. Um, in hotel staff, uh, people are just like job hoppers, not all of them. Um, but you see this quite a lot that it's hard to retain really the good talent because if they get like a better offer or their friend works at the bar next door or there's like a more interesting workplace which fits your needs and it's more individual, they're going to go um, as they're going to offer a, a similar um, package there. Um, nowadays, I can share with you that in the in the region of Germany, Austria and Switzerland, we have at the moment round about like 700 open positions. And that is just like only towards like 200 hotels. It's only reflecting 200 hotels. Um, and based on like mm -hmm. a turnover statistic, yeah, we have like high turnover still. Um, but it's more like mm -hmm. that we sometimes still have to fill the gaps, which are a consequence right. out of the pandemic. So I would say let's talk in like one or two years again, where we have mm -hmm. like a more, um, yeah, where, where the whole market and, and the whole industry just had the chance to regulate. Uh, and then we can talk real numbers again. That is not really reflecting <laughs> uh, what we've seen before, I would say. I don't know, Catherine, would right. you, how, how you see no, this? I totally agree. I mean, I can tell you pre-pandemic, we had a rough around 30% of uh, 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 fluctuation this this apparently is market but the year before we had 60 percent and this is not market and this is because people are changing or hopping or just there for an opening and things like that and i think we have to just cope with the fact that people are not staying in one job for longer than a year or two once in a while and we should not put too much effort in calculating numbers, to be honest. That's my personal opinion on it. Because if I, I'm only doing this when I'm asked and I'm always like, what the hell? This is not, this is not, this is not telling me anything on how the culture in my organization is. If a, people actually liked those six months and had the best time of their life and actually go out and say, hey, you really have to go to 25 hours. And then I really don't care if it's only been six months. But if somebody stayed five years and is just bad mouthing about us, that's not helping me. So I hate these numbers, but uh, totally agree with Sabrina. The last uh, two years has been a roller coaster ride, up and down, up and down, um, and it's been hard work. Yeah, I liked I like what you're saying there. That you know, it's great to have somebody who have been there six months and contributed um, to to one of the hotels and had the best time. I think this is also a very traditional thinking that we are hiring someone and the person is really staying for the rest of their lives in, in, in one or at one employer. Um, there might be some people who like to do this, they and that's totally fine, but we also have to be open to change. And people 
I, and I think especially when you are just like in your early days in hospitality, it's fun to change jobs. It's like you have to just gain your experiences. You have to, you know, go abroad, see some other cultures. And that is like really what our industry embraces. And we have to also talk positively about this, that it's not a problem to to job hop. Um, but we also need the ones who want to be a little bit stable that we, we we can offer our great services. So, yeah, it's a it's a balancing act. Yeah, that's very, very interesting because that's a, a topic I'm dealing with in my PhD thesis, actually, the boundary um, career uh, attitude. Um, so boundary less. Um, you're hopping and you want to, um, well, create your own career path and won't get developed by your employer for 20 years or so, as we know it maybe from the generation of our parents or so. And um, yeah, this uh, kind of career understanding is much more values driven and self-directed. And I think the most important thing is that we just don't lose our talent to different industries, that we um, succeed in making the industry so attractive that they just say, and then maybe, well, there is, Uh, 5,000 Accor hotels. So if you lose someone from Switzerland and uh, he or she goes to maybe France, that, that's not too bad, actually, isn't it? So that, that should be a, an, an aim we should all work at, I think, to, to make people stay in, in the industry. <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing those uh, insights regarding fluctuation and I think there are really really good points um, what Katrin said and uh, what really can help also um, other corporate um, or hotel change uh, chains I would say um, now looking a little into the future what um, other hot topics uh, will affect your human resources work in the near future maybe let's start with Katrin after you have left hell now <laughs> from all those Uh, complex, um, well, four-day work week, uh, administrative stuff. Uh, is there already your next uh, aim, your uh, yeah, nearing or your envisioning? <laughs> Should not have said hell, but uh, from an administrative point, <laughs> it was. Uh, uh, well, we are focusing more on uh, um, creating new programs when it comes to L&D in 2023 because we had the experience that this classic uh, classroom trainings as well as blended online trainings in combination um, are of interest but funny enough not necessarily of uh, great value to a company and an organization. So You send somebody there, but uh, the, the outcome is very little. So we're trying uh, to come up with one or two new formats uh, in the future um, to create a bit of a better outcome when it comes to L&D and uh, specifically um, creating something for top talents, which not necessarily are GM potential, because there is much more than just becoming a hotel manager in our industry. There's a lot of technical um, uh, jobs nowadays where we need talents uh, for. And uh, this is something where we are having a big, bit of a focus on in 2023. And for the rest, uh, the four-day work week was a start. And it needs, you have to nurture, you have to put, Uh, something in it every now and then. And uh, we are fine-tuning our employer brand, uh, our EVP, which has been created from an N25 hours perspective a couple of years ago. And now it has to be 
aligned or harmonized with the NSMO way uh, because it has to go hand in hand. It's uh, one big company now, which obviously uh, wants to keep the individual brand as the core of the brand, but still it, it has to be somehow uh, similar. And this is what we're working on. But for the rest, uh, wow. no, no, no brand new uh, things, uh, not, uh, not doing something totally game-changing, I, I think. <laughs> Have a good... Oh, yeah, well, but I think that's a, a big agenda already. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the, the same applies for you, Sabrina, I, I'm sure. I think your agenda is, uh, like, very <laughs> full of uh, great ideas and stuff. Yeah, I mean... Um... That's that's a lot of these um, topics are also coming definitely into play in in Accor. I would I would say like one of the big topics which we are dealing also in human resources or talent and culture is the digitalization. So we really try to just like um, simplify some of our processes while including systems which are supporting us um, and 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 really having like good processes to also. Um, giving something back to our talent and culture people. Um, I liked it when when Catherine was saying we also celebrating the people who are giving to our talents. Um, and it's also about upskilling. Um, and upskilling, I'm not talking about uh, only the HR people who have to be more digital, who have to understand processes to make lives easier, um, giving the service to our talents. Um, and our hotels, but also we have to look at our job profiles in the hotels and things are changing so fast. Digitalization will also come into the hotels more and more. And we have to say goodbye to some of the processes which we are doing over years um, and have to really be open Uh, to the things which are coming in the future, and that is a <laughs> that's also like a big thing to um, yeah driving change and and being entrepreneurial. And we we have to transfer this kind of like be limitless how how we say um, not only for our guests but also for our people. And and uh, we we cannot do hospitality how we've done it like hundred years ago. Um, by that we will lose our talents and our guests. So I think for, for big tasks, it's about like digitalization processes, upskilling, which comes back to learning and uh, development. And the last thing, the third point I would like to say is uh, the big part of well-being. And it's not that we are offering their everyday smoothies and, and throwing some health days uh, where everybody um, is feeling healthy and fluffy and, and happy. Um, it's about <laughs> that um, our work world changed so much into the agile and, and always available. And we have to we have to make space. We have to make space for um, that we are only humans and humans have like a capacity and, and we need all of our breaks. And and it's 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 okay <laughs> to have this resilience and say, hey, that's I'm this is not of my knowledge, and here I have to take a break, and we have to have to learn this again in this digital world. So um, yeah, let let the human be humans. Also, one big priority for 2023. Well, great. So good luck uh, both for these um, super exciting and important upcoming projects and 
um, especially thank you so very much for sharing all those super interesting uh, insights and experiences. And well, I, I would love to continue um, our conversation maybe at ITB 2023. Maybe this uh, would be our, um, well, good um, resolution for the next year to all meet at ITB. Um, thank you for joining us, Sabrina and Katrin. <laughs> Thanks for taking uh, the time. Thank you very much for having us, Lara. Yeah, thank you. That was great. <laughs> It was great. And well, in our next episode of this topic series, uh, we would like uh, to outline what concrete supporting tools and helpers there are for employers in order to face um, the aggravation of, of a shortage of skilled labor or maybe to um, illustrate what 25 Hours uh, Hotels and Accor Uh, actually are doing so you told us about um, internal communication systems and stuff like that that's what we want to shed light on in the next episode and i would say stay tuned and in the meantime um, maybe it's time to try uh, find some moments as sabrina uh, suggested and uh, to pause and maybe to let pass this year's achievements in review um, time for some recognition and appreciation i would say and yeah my name is laura i'm looking forward to hosting the next and last episode of this special issue of ITP Travel Hero podcast dealing with the hot topic of skilled labor shortage.